0: I I am honored to be here with my wife, Joanne, of 24 years, (laughs) 24 years, Uh, and I send you greetings from Phoenix, Arizona, where I just received a uh, not-so-nice text message from someone who told me they're very upset that I left because it is now 122 degrees, (laughs) and so I tell everyone this is right around the time when the devil moves back to Arizona, okay? Okay. Uh, But I want to do something as I stand here. I think it's very important for me uh, to acknowledge my pastor and yours, uh, someone who has uh, been an integral part of every aspect of my life. Before I knew Christ, when I gave my life to Christ, he was there in my basement. Uh, In the many years beyond, uh, it's Pastor Brett Fuller. And I say it all the time, he is by far one of the most, most highly charactered, individuals i've ever met in my life uh he is my only pastor i've never had another pastor when he led me to jesus in 1993 i guess the lord just cursed him he said you're gonna be stuck with this boy for the rest of your life so let's give him a hand clap for having to deal with me for all of this time amen pastor brett and cynthia i love you so much and i want to say thank you for having us here I just want to go ahead and get us started immediately as we continue in the Knowing God series. And so we're going to join together in Ephesians chapter 1 and then 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verses 1 through 4. Ephesians chapter 1, our focal point will be verse 17. That's the scripture that you will see, but I'm going to begin at verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. My version says in the knowledge of him, the NIV version is what I want to focus on, that he would give you the the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better. And so I want to encourage us as we begin this time and continue in this series, that I believe there are many attributes that we need to begin to know more about who God is. But I also believe that there are times when we have to stop and we have to ask God, allow me to know you better. I don't need to know a lot of things, but the things that I do know allow me to know them better. Why is that? I remember sitting in my home one day and we were doing Bible study and Pastor Brett had come over to our house and we had talked about baptism. And I remember him asking me this question. He said, Darrell, have you ever been baptized? And this is a 22-year-old kid. I hadn't been in church in God knows how long. But one thing I knew is that I have been baptized. And so I boldly proclaimed to him, yes, I've been baptized, as if like I'm so holier than thou. And he asked me this question, Daryl, what does it mean? (laughs) No, no, you're not supposed to be asking those type of questions. I told you I've been baptized. That's good enough. But that sparked something inside of me. And since then, it has is, it is just emanated out of me and it has is, it is, driven me. That it's not enough to simply know about something. It is my dual responsibility to do everything that I possibly can to know God as best as I can. Yeah. It's not good enough to know that he is God, my savior. It's not just good enough to know that he is God, my Lord, but how do I know the benefits of him saving me so that here on this earth I can make a difference? How do I know that him being my savior has some type of impact, not on, on me, but it has impact on all of the people that I touch? Because in order for us to get to that point, it's not just that you know. You got to know that you know. You have to know that you know. And knowledge is power especially in this Bible, because when you know what you know, it empowers you to change this world. And that's what God has called us to. He has not called us simply to come and know about him and to know fables and to know stories about him. He has not called us to come and tell partial understanding about who he is. He has called us to know him and to know him better. And I believe that we can look at King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, and he will give us what I believe are three principles that will help us in knowing God better. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. And it happened after that that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and they told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude has come against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazan Tamar, which is the Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Father, as we study your word, I pray that you'd give us wisdom. I pray that you'd give us knowledge. I pray that you'd give us understanding so that we might know you better. I ask that as we leave today, that Jesus, we will be empowered with your word. We will be propelled to do something with it. And that through this word and through seeking you and knowing you, we will impact our communities, this nation, and beyond. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. King Jehoshaphat was a man who really knew God. He was actually a man who his father had uh, been a leader in Judah as well. He was a king of Judah and he began to ally with certain people that he should not have. And so his father, because he had allied and he relied upon someone else, he had sought help from someone else instead of seeking help from God, he was inflicted with a disease. And three years after the moment in which he allied with man instead of relying upon God, his father died. And so Jehoshaphat knew enough to make sure that in this instance, it was not right to follow in his father's footsteps. So what he did is he began to create within Judah what I call this religious reform. He came in and he began to knock down all of the walls and all of the idols that the people had set up. And then he decided that he would set priests and Levites to come and to teach God's word. And the Bible said that because of this, that God's favor and honor was upon Jehoshaphat's life in abundance. Later on, it will go on to say that because of God's favor on Jehoshaphat's life, it says that all of the land around him feared God and they would not touch Jehoshaphat or any of those who lived in Judah. And so Jehoshaphat, he knew God. And God knew him. Jehoshaphat, he knew God's provision and he knew God's protection. And many of us would stop right there and say, that is good enough. As long as I know his hand of protection and as long as I know his hand of provision, my life is okay. Some of us have made our prayer and made our hope and made our focus. God, give me what I need and protect me from the things that are coming against me. But what we should be doing is saying, God, although you bless me, And although you protect me, I need to know you better. I need to know you better because I believe this, that God, because he loves you one way or another, he's going to give you the opportunity to know him better. The one thing Jehoshaphat did not know is the God of battle. And so now we see That in many years of experiencing God's blessing and his protection and his provision, all of a sudden now, a godly man who lives right, does what he's supposed to do, listen to what Pastor Brett says, and he reads his Bible. He still experienced the battle. He still experienced. I read my Bible every day too, Pastor Brett. I promise you I do. (laughs) Promise you. He did all of the things right. He experienced God's blessings, but it did not make him exempt from battle. He had known God of his protection and he had known God of his provision, but he did not know the God yet who could calm his fears. And so here it says that now people come to him and they say, there's a great and mighty multitude that has come against you. Just in case you didn't know, not your friend, not your cousin, you. And so now Jehoshaphat, he's sitting there and listen to the response because I am so encouraged by this man. Because if we want to know God, we have to know him better. It says Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. If we want to know God and we want to know him better, We have to set ourselves to seek Him first. Fear was present. And what happens to you when fear comes? We position in front of us because of fear worry, anxiety, anxiousness, we doubt. We position all of these things in front of us. Every time something happens in your life and there's fear that comes, the enemy begins to position things in front of you. Why? It's so that you can set your heart and set your eyes and set your emotions on that. And it takes for us, if we want to know God better, you have to reposition yourself. Because every day you're going to work, wake up and fear will meet you. Every day you're going to work up, wake up and there are going to be things that will meet you. And so he set himself to seek the Lord first. Matthew 6.33, we've heard it many times, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to you. See, some of us, we don't just wake up seeking our problems first. Some of us, we wake up seeking our pleasures first. And none of those things should be before God. So if we want to know him better, we have to seek him first. Everything else comes second. Everything else comes second. If we want to know him better, we have to seek him first. And there are very practical things in our own life that we can begin to do to do that. I wake up in the morning. I'm very, very, very just consistent. I take my iPhone and I take my Bible. And I go spend time with God. But it is amazing how my iPhone begins to be the thing that I seek before I seek him. And the reason why is because this is all about I. The things I want. The things that grab my attention. And God has taught me, you can't seek anything first. Then we have to seek him alone. It says that he proclaimed throughout all of Judah a fast. Now, a fast is about denying. When people fast, if you look throughout the Bible, there are generally three reasons why people fast. Repentance, and then they go to seek God, and mourning. Fasting is not so much about what you can't eat. It's about who you seek. It is about who you prefer. It is about what Begins to tantalize your appetite. And so nothing, nothing in this world can ever satisfy you like Jesus Christ can. And there are moments when he says you have to abstain. You must divorce and you must leave things behind so that I can be the one you seek. And not only do you seek first, but there are times when you need to seek him alone. Can I tell you a secret? I'm a groupie of this church. 545 every Sunday morning. My laptop is open and I'm sitting here and I can't wait till the worship team gets up. I feel like I know y'all. My girl that be on that guitar hitting that thing, bam. i would be like, go ahead, girl. i would be excited. Feeling it. Every morning, every Sunday morning, the first thing I do at 5 o'clock, 5.45 in the morning is I go and I spend time with my church family. But there are times that even the worship here, as good as it is, cannot go before my God. There are times that no matter how great my pastor preaches, God says, I want to speak to you in a quiet place, Daryl. So before you go to anything else, seek me first alone. Remember what Paul says. I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Our pastor is not a reality star show, a reality show star. We cannot live vicariously through him. As great as he preaches and as anointed as he is, it would be disrespectful for us not to go to God. Because when he preaches, it should be confirmation to our soul that what God is already saying to us. But if I only come on Sunday and I only come on Wednesday and that's my hook me up, then I'm going to be waiting and wanting a little bit later. But when you begin to learn how to move those things out of the way, And you get yourself in that quiet place. It was so hard for me that when God began to just put this in my soul, there were times when he said, Daryl, you cannot go to Oswald Chambers before you go to me. You cannot go and listen to somebody else's devotional before you spend time with me. You cannot go and listen to somebody else's worship before you worship with me. Worship me first and worship me alone and watch what I'll do in your life. And the hardest thing about worshiping God alone is quiet and when it's quiet the thing that rings loud in your mind are all of the things that you set first it is difficult to be alone with God and to hear his still small voice because all of the screams of your desires and your promises trying to drown out the word that he's speaking to you but the more and more You seek him alone, the more and more he'll make himself known. Amen? Amen. Lastly, it says, All of Judah, they came together and they sought the Lord for help. You seek him for help. That is our petitioning, that is our moment when we go to him. We can't ask of anybody. For anything until we've asked him first. We can't look to anything until we look to him first. And he tells us, ask of me. Just ask of me. But how many times do we find ourselves seeking counsel from this, seeking information from this, searching for this, as if that is the truth. When he is the source of And the author of truth. And God tells us if you want to know me better, you have to make sure that you seek me first, that you seek me all alone. And I'm the one that you go to when you seek me for help. I want to end this with a story. I tried this in some videos. I don't know if you all, some photos. Did you guys get that or no? I don't believe they did. When we went to, I stood up here two years ago talking all that trash. Man, we're going to go to Phoenix. We're going to change the world upside down. It sounded really cool when I was still in Virginia covered by my pastor and then we went And once we went, God has a way of making you know him better. It can be through your battles. It can be through your trials. It can be through your deficiencies. It can be through a lot of things. And God allows all of those things because God is not trying to punish you. He's trying to perfect you. I'll show those in just a moment. He's trying to perfect you. He's not trying to punish you. So we get there. And lo and behold, I did all of this stuff, talking, all this, yeah, we're gonna turn the world upside down. And y'all scream, and (laughs) (laughs) it's your fault, it's your fault. So we get there, and about six months in, I get devastating news that a portion of my salary that I had received for many years was gone unexpectedly. And God knew something. If Daryl would have known this before he left, he would be sitting right there in that chair. And I'd never left. I'd have never left. Never. Stay right there. Pastor Brett, I'm not going nowhere. Send somebody else. I know the team is on their way. Send somebody else. I'm staying right here with you. But it was in those moments where God said this, Daryl, you got to set yourself. You have to reposition yourself to seek me first. You don't understand how many times I wanted to call and ask them seriously, can I come back home? It's difficult. But in all of that, I begin to know the God that I never knew. I begin to understand who he was in his presence and his power. And so what I like to do is I like to show you some photos really fast that, that when we seek God first and we seek him alone and we ask him for help, here's what he will do. If we can show these photos, there are some photos behind me, um, or you should see them. This is Valleygate Church. You'll see some of these photos. Our first photo was Easter service. Uh, we have 435 people in our service, and I don't know how they came in. We had people in the back who were there. You'll see some more photos of our service. And I, I want to just show a couple more pictures if you can. Um, this couple that you'll see over here on the right-hand side, that's Elaine and Joe Wilson, Native American couple, giving their life to God. You'll see us baptizing Joe there. The person who's back is to me is my cousin, Wayne, who has been seven years clean off of drugs, told me that he was not a Christian. He was spiritual. But now God has wrecked his life. He surrendered his life to Jesus, and he loves God with all of his heart. So my wife and I at our church picnic, and there we have, um, we had over 225 people show up to this picnic, and I still don't know where they came from. And God continues to bless us. You'll see a man who's standing there. His name is John. John Brown walked into our church after being a track coach for my son's track team. And as he walked in, he said he just cried because he could sense the presence of God. And he has never left. After them is a couple uh, that you'll probably see. As a matter of fact, you'll see a couple who, Weston and Lori, uh, they're on our worship team. God has brought them with us. And then this next group is really cool. We had our missions team from here come and serve us in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And they did a phenomenal job. So thank you so much for allowing them to come. And then last, this last one, Pastor Donnell Jones and Marianne, Jewel and Daryl Green, Jared and Joanna Green, they came and they served our church and they served our church so well. You sent Pastor Brett to, to us and he's been a blessing. And all of this is to say this, as I would have not known what God could, was going to do If I did not choose to know him better. And I want to encourage you. Allow yourself to know him better. Because he can do the same and more through you. Amen. Let me pray.